hey, hey, and welcome to Insurance Town. I'm the Mayor Heath Sheeran and the host of this podcast. I can't thank you guys enough for the support and the love the last couple of weeks. It's been fantastic. Um, if you have not subscribed, please go and subscribe. Uh, listen to the other podcasts that you haven't downloaded yet. Uh, I really think there's some good content in there. Uh, today, I'm super excited because I've got uh, a, a buddy on here that is going to speak to us about a subject that not a lot of people know about, and he is uh, self-proclaimed and actually become the persona of the flood guru, and he's got some great knowledge to drop on that. He's actually uh, going to tell you about a project he's in the middle of with a thousand videos in a thousand days. Uh, that's incredible to me. That's got to be a Guinness Book of World Records, but anyhow... Uh, check this out. That's really good. My guest today is Mr. Chris Green of Flood Insurance Guru and floodinsuranceguru.com. He is a nationally known speaker in this subject, and he's been all over the country talking about it. Uh, check it out. Sit back and relax and enjoy my conversation with Mr. Chris Green. Chris Green, what's happening, brother? How much? Thanks for having me. Yeah, man. Um, so... Uh, let me ask you before we get into anything, uh, anything exciting going on in the flood world lately? There's a lot going on in the flood world right now. Is there really? Well, I, I look forward to hearing more about that. I, I know you've probably been super busy. Uh, but before we get into that, why don't you do me a favor, take me down memory lane, and let's, uh, let's go through and tell me about Chris Green a little bit. Go back as far as you want and uh, take me up to present. So I grew up with a severe learning disability. Uh, I wasn't supposed to go to college at all. Um, it took me five tries to get past my first English course because I was actually pulled out of English in the seventh grade and didn't take it into my senior year. So I really struggled with my learning disability. I had two teachers who stood by my side. So when I graduated, you know, I ended up graduating top of my class for my master's, which my master's degree is in emergency management with a focus in hazard and flood mitigation. So when I graduated, I wanted to kind of do something to kind of give back to teachers. And I was working for Enterprise Rental Car at the time. Didn't really do anything for about four years. Got into the insurance world by accident back in 09. Went to work for Liberty Mutual and ended up creating this partners in education program where we gave back to students, teachers. We went in and we helped kids who were learning disabilities. You know, under helped them understand that it didn't fit in the same box. And so, you know, I stayed with Liberty for about five or six years doing this program. I really enjoyed it. And then I went to buy a house that was in a flood zone when I was working for Liberty and discovered how bad of an experience it was for the agent for the property owner, for their lender. I was like, man, I never want anybody to have that experience again. So I went on to work for MetLife for about a year and a half. And then I'd started my own independent agency, just a traditional agency in 2015 in Birmingham, Alabama. And I came out with the website, floodinsuranceguru.com, kind of as a joke. I just wanted to kind of start the conversation because nobody was talking about it. People kept learning what our educational background was in and they kept joking with me, called me the guru and all this. And so in 2018, I decided to full, just go full-fledged in the flood only and basically walk away from the PNC side where all we're going to do with floodinsuranceguru.com is flood education, flood zone changes, flood consulting, and flood insurance. And so we did that in 2018. And it's like, you know, if we're going to do this, we really got to understand the content. We got to understand we're going to answer people's questions. So I, I made a commitment to it. I was like, all right, I'm going to do 30 videos in 30 days. I want to look back and see how it impacted our business. So I looked at it. I was like, man, it's a major impact, just the engagement. So we're going to commit to a year video. We're going to do 365 flood education videos in 365 days. And we're going to travel the country doing it. So I did that in 2019. And I got to the end of 2019 and looked back and everyone's like, you know, can you keep this going? And you're answering a lot of questions. You're addressing a lot of issues that no one else is. 
So I've kept it going. I think now I'm on day like 575 and I'm in the middle of a thousand flood education videos in a thousand days. I run a podcast basically every day during the week and I try to- wait, wait. So you, you just told me 575 videos and I'm taking, I'm taking a wild guess that that's been every day for 575 days. Yep. And so let me pause you on your story for just a second. Just call yourself a guru. That, that's a big deal. A guru is, you're all knowing, so to speak. So take me back for a second. Where did that education start for you? Did you take some courses? Was it Google? Was it, you know, just what you learned at prior carriers you worked for? What, where did you learn? Where did you start that process? Uh, my ma- with my master's degree. My master's degree is in emergency management with a focus in flood and hazard mitigation. So I studied disaster mitigation. I studied disaster coverage, disaster response, disaster mitigation. The day I started my master's degree was actually the day that Hurricane Katrina hit. And so I had no problem. Wow. But what happened is when Katrina hit, I mean, I studied it for two years. And I studied the floods of Iowa. And, you know, I had this plan of going to work for a local emergency management department as an emergency manager. And as I got into the insurance side, I was like, there's not a whole lot of people, first of all, educating on this. And it just kind of took off because it was something that outside the coastal areas, no one else wanted to do. They wanted to avoid. But in doing so, they were actually putting their agencies in some bad situations on E&O, you know, losing some customers because they went down the street and got their questions answered. So, So, you know, what if we can partner with your agency we're a resource for you on flood. You know, we help you with the flood policy so we can help you keep a customer for life. And so that's kind of where all the background came from. I studied the National Flood Insurance Program manual probably five to seven hours a week. And that's where a lot of my content comes from. I help a lot of private flood carriers with their flood products because of our educational background. So does that mean that your client is more agency and company related more than it is the public? Or do you work with both public and with agencies? It's actually with both. It just, you know, the whole agent thing kind of just happened by accident, you know, when they started coming to us. So we kind of created this wholesale program where we work with a lot of independent agents, captive agents across the country. We can do a split commission with them. Basically, we handle everything on the flood for them. We show them as a partnership. Our job is to help them look like a rock star to their customer. So maybe they just need some questions answered. They'll shoot me a message and I'll answer those questions for them. And so you work, you say you work with some captives. So do you have a paper that you write this on or a specific company or carrier you work with, or is it an independent situation where you can go to several different, or do you help them if you're a captive? How does that work? Sorry. I just, I'm trying to learn this. This is interesting. I have about 30 different private contracts. Okay. Write your own with your national flood insurance program. But so many times what they've discovered is, Hey, I've got a $5,000 rate through the national flood insurance program. That should be 1200. But what happens is the rates are different many times because agent knowledge is different. They don't deal with it very often. So they may be right. wrong. For example, uh, they're like, Oh, I've got a basement. Well, is it below grade on all four sides? Well, no, it's a walkout. Well, then it technically may not be a basement or it could be. I mean, there's just so much confusion over the national flood insurance program. So we try to help them with some of that. But then we also try to show them, Hey, Here's where a private option may be really good for your client. Or because of what our background's in, on our consulting side, we do flood zone changes for all these business owners and property owners as well. And so we show them, hey, you're more than likely actually in the wrong flood zone. Here's a process of letting us help you change it. Here's the impact it can have on you. Wow, that is, to me, that's fascinating because as a, a former insurance agent, I would get calls about flood and I would immediately freak out because I didn't know what I was talking about. I didn't know what to do. I didn't know how to read a flood map. I didn't know anything about it. And there was nobody in my agency that really knew a lot about it. So to have you as a resource would have been 
priceless. And I imagine you hear that a lot. Yeah, and that's why actually why we use our YouTube channel and why I'm actually in the middle of finishing up our knowledge base article system on our website where they can go straight to our website now and search what they're looking for. Hey, if they want to understand what a flood zone AO is, then we got a video in there that explains it to them. So then maybe they can try to explain it to their customer or like, you know what? I don't want to deal with it at all. I just want you to handle it for me. But if not, fine. At least the education's still there. With realtors, we had realtors reaching out to us every day. Hey, I need to know if this is in a flood zone or not. So we actually built a link on our website called Find My Flood Zone connected to the FEMA maps. So all they have to put in there is the address and it pulls up, tells them what flood zone they're in. It tells them the color of the maps. And on that landing page for them, it also explains to them what each one of those colors mean. Okay, and so, uh, back, sorry, I didn't mean to hijack uh, your story, but back to your story, you were in episode 575 in 575 days. And your goal is to get to a certain number. Sorry, continue on because I, I had to sidetrack you for a minute. Yeah, my goal was kind of to get to a thousand videos in a thousand days. But, you know, through all that, honestly, through the whole video experience, I've learned more probably than I did at the beginning when it comes to psychology of buyers, the information they're looking for, but also getting comfortable on camera and using video and realizing as insurance agents, our number one job isn't actually being an insurance agent. It's actually being a marketer and an insurance agent second, because that's the way people get to our door. So, um... And there's a lot of agents that have been for some time now using videos for quote proposals or for content marketing. Um, and so for you, and you're very niche driven, obviously in the flood area, but so even as niche as flood, you're seeing a lot of success in, in your marketing that direction with the videos and whatnot. Uh, tell me a little bit about that. Well, we actually do video quoting as well. We have for probably almost four years now is that I actually do a video proposal with every single flood quote. It actually explains what the flood zone means to the customer, not, Hey, this is what zone FEMA says you're in, but this is what your zone actually means. And this is what the real risk is. And what happens is when people watch those videos, I get notified that they're watching them, how long they're watching them, if they're engaged with them or not, when they're reviewing the coverages that I sent them, all that stuff. So I started doing that before I got in the flood, but there's a video course that I took probably two years ago now that completely changed my business forever, which was called Made You Look Video by uh, Nicholas Ayers. Um, between that uh, and an insurance agent now who used to um, think basically be the head of marketing for Agency Nation is Ryan Hanley. Sure. Uh, you know, those two people and then a book by Marcus Sheridan called They Ask You Answer, where all you're doing is writing down the questions that your customers and your referral partners are asking you and then putting it back out there as content. So those three things together have completely changed our business over the last two years. Like we had no goal of building this national brand. I just wanted to do flood and kind of do it locally and answer those questions. And now we service the U.S. and we service Canada on the insurance side, Puerto Rico. And we also run a mitigation company between the U.S., the U.K. and Canada. So the videos that you send out, if it's going to John Doe insurance agent, they can then take that video and share it with their client and you're cool with that and you you want that or would you rather them regurgitate in their own way talk to me no usually what they'll do is just send it to their client and we'll copy them on it they're like you know do you want us to go ahead and send this to your client so then what we do is we include the insurance agent on it and if they want us to handle everything for them as we're sending the quotes to the customer as we're finalizing everything what happened is that agency is getting notified of every step and then we're redirecting that customer to leave that agency reviews we're having thank you cards that go out to that client with all that agency's information on there. We're just helping with the flood. That is, and so this has been a journey now of, since 2018 with the videos, but the business has been, you said four or five years now? 
I've been in, I was on the PNC side from 2015 to 2018. So I've had the agency for about five years, but we've been flood niche focused for almost two years now. Does, does FEMA recognize, do they know what you're doing? Are you on their radar screen with what you're doing on a national level? FEMA feeds us a lot of the information we put out there. Like before we put something out there with the National Flood Insurance Program, because things are always changing, we'll actually email underwriters and say, hey, we just want to verify this is right before we put it out there because we want to make sure we put accurate information out there. And so, of course, they're like, yeah, this is correct, or no, this is not correct. You need to make this adjustment. And that's also why I use the word like generally in a lot of my videos, because information is always changing. And you have people who will try to hold you responsible for every single word. And that's why I tell people, like, it just doesn't apply to every situation. There's going to be situations that are different. There's going to be information that's different. And that's why I would say generally in many cases, you know, we're not going to put it exact in a corner like that because information is always changing. So when... In, in claims type situations, like a hurricane, uh, I had, I don't know if you know Ariel Rivera. Um, yeah, we talk all the time. Yeah, he was on the show several weeks back. I think you listened to that one. Anyway, you know, we talked about what he went through with his situation with the hurricanes and whatnot. Now, when there's claim situations like that, do you get involved in that? Are you, do you have a team that does it in that? Or are you involved at in that level? I do or get involved that level because what people don't realize is it's not like a home insurance claim hey, if i file this claim it's gonna follow for me for a couple of years and it's gonna fall off with a flood claim it follows the property for the life of the property so we actually have them come to us before they file the claim and we look at the overall expense uh you know if they want to reach out to fema and do a flood inquiry that's fine that's not going to have an impact on them like it would on home insurance and decide if i'm gonna take this payout or not hey my claim is only going to be about fifteen thousand dollars in damage What's going to be the long-term impacts of the claim, though? Is this going to stop me from selling the house? You know, or is my policy written with an actual cash value because I didn't pay attention? So am I really only going to get $4,000? You know, we go through all those different factors. First of all, we do the policy for them, and we explain to them, look, flood is really for those catastrophic failures. You know, when you really have five feet of water in your house, not when maybe you have $5,000 worth of damage because it's going to have a bigger impact on you long-term. Because many private companies won't do a policy if you've had a claim within the last five years, or some won't do it if you've had a claim ever. So, um, is again, talk to, talk to my, my audience for a minute that may not be as familiar with flood or like me when I was an agent, they're scared of it. What are, what are the requirements if you're not in a coastal area or if you're not involved in, you know, an area where you might need it or you might think you might need it, what are the requirements? Is, is flood required to have, say, in the state of Arkansas or um, what is it, what's the floods of, what, what kind of advice or what kind of things could you tell the audience in that if we don't deal with it on a day-to-day -day basis? Well, let's talk about some brief areas where it will be required and won't be required real quick outside the coast. You know, you've basically got three zones outside the coast that we're going to be talking in general. I mean, you've got these smaller ones, but you're talking about flood zone X. Some will see it as a B or a C. And what that means is it's minimum risk. So your bank's not going to require it there. That's also where your preferred ratings are. That's where your best rates are generally going to be. Then you've got flood zone A, which is going to be part of your 100-year flood zone. Generally, though, with A, a flood insurance study report hasn't been done, so you may not have a base flood elevation. Then you get AE, where the flood insurance study report has been done. That's really your highest risk area. And what that means is that you've got that 0.02% chance it's going to flood in any given situation. All that is a, is a probability. So those two areas outside of X are going to be when it's required. Now, you may have AO or A99, and that's when you're dealing more with like levees, things like that. Like out in Arizona, half the state is AO because of the way things run off. Well, the levees, uh, Toledo, Ohio, there's a lot of AO because of levees and dams. You might even have what's called an X500, which is a minimum risk area that basically sits behind a levee. So those are the areas where it's going to be required and it's not going to be required. 
But what happens is so many times banks use a third party to verify it. And so does an insurance agent. Well, it may not be the third, same third party. So they may, you know, insurance agent may have a flood zone X, lender might have an A. So which one do you? Well, FEMA makes you use the higher one or whatever the bank's going to require at the time unless you can prove otherwise. So that's really where it's going to be required and it's not going to be required. But also the large portion of what's flooding right now are areas it's not required in. Like a lot of Oklahoma and Nebraska last year, flood zone X. Uh, Midland, Michigan recently, a lot of it was flood zone X because it was behind a levee and two different dams burst in Midland causing a lot of flooding in that area. Uh, Baton Rouge, back in 2016, had just had flood map changes about a month before the flood happened. And a lot of those people had canceled their flood insurance because it wasn't required. When you talk about levee breaking, that was what happened with the Katrina deal, correct? Well, it was. They still had some flooding, but that made their flooding a lot worse. And the whole city of New Orleans is basically, it's a circle that's just surrounded by levees. Right. Um, so, man, I wish I would have uh, went ahead of, ahead of time and filed for CE credits for this class because here you're this podcast because you're hosting a clinic over here um well actually teaching. Team, I built a CE course for realtors and lenders i actually travel the country teaching on the flood side okay so um you are doing that on a national level or just staying in alabama with that or no, we do it on a national level what we do is we actually partner with a lot of insurance agencies because they're like look my target market is maybe realtors but well, what if we can get them in the room with 100 realtors teaching them yeah just created an awesome captive market for them. I mean, we brought them some really good knowledge, which made them look like the expert to their audience. And so we hope then that we help them build relationships with those realtors through that. So agents, if you're listening, if you're in Alabama or you're in Arkansas, this guy might be a good resource for you to dig in with some realtors or maybe even some lenders, some people that might want to learn more. And I'm saying all that, hoping that you would agree to that. If somebody called you and said, hey, would you be able to help me on that? That's something that you guys do, correct? Oh, absolutely. Before Corona hit, we had about 15 classes planned all the way even on the West Coast. We were doing a lot up in uh, Vancouver, Washington. But, of course, Corona kind of messed that up. But we sure. certified through the state with the realtors and the lenders, so they're getting those credits and everything. That's awesome. So, um, but going back to what you said, so you, you've got the education side of it. You're obviously proving to my audience and to me just how – fascinating number one flood can be and number two how smart you are in it but you've also talked about the other side of that that maybe some of my insurance agents can relate to as well uh, or company reps for that matter is you spend a lot of time doing your content creation as well and so uh, tell me about what that looks like how much time you spend on that what kind of value that brings to you and what you're doing as far as that goes obviously you've got the thousand videos or 575 but keep going on that a little bit yeah, the content creation, honestly, has just helped me expand my knowledge because as these questions come, maybe it's something I've never looked at before. You know, one big thing was, you know, before I, I got in deep into this, I'd never really looked that deep at the mapping process. You know, now you have three different wait periods on a national flood insurance program policy. Now you have your standard 30-day wait period. You don't have a wait period at all for a loan closing. But what if I, an area that just moved from a flood zone X where it's not required? to an AE and they just got a letter from the lender saying it's going to be required now. There's only a one day wait period, but are those rates the same? And so those are the things I've gotten into is, Hey, how the rates are different between newly mapped, a standard rate or preferred and all these different things. And so those things have kind of helped me expand my knowledge. I just attended the national flood insurance or national flood conference a couple weeks ago. So using a lot of the content out of that, when it came to urban flooding, flash flooding, and all these different things and using that to explain to our audience, you know, what urban flooding is, you know, what is sunny day flooding? 
you know, a lot of people don't have any idea what sunny day flooding is, or it's called um, nuisance flooding. Happens a lot like in Miami, Savannah, Georgia, and it's actually moon tides. It's gravity that pulls the water in from the ocean about twice a year and will flood local areas. And about 24 hours later, the water goes back out. Wow. Wow. I didn't know that. I didn't know that existed uh, or what that was. So your video content is coming from those sources and uh, your podcast. Tell me the name of your podcast now. Uh, it's just Flood Insurance Guru. It's the same thing for our YouTube channel, Flood Insurance Guru, and it's the same thing for our Facebook. Yeah, I've listened to their, they're usually, what, 5, 10, 15 minutes long um, at no, most? I'd say five minutes or less. We, what we try to do is we really just use it as, hey, someone doesn't want to watch a video, let's just give them, you know, a quick the audio. Get to the point, let Google pick it up, and connect the blog to it. That would be perfect for my wife. She... <laughs> As uh, my wife is not even a fan of my podcast because she hates sitting here listening to an hour-long podcast. So that'd be perfect for her. I need to send her your direction if she wants a five-minute to-the-point podcast on flood. Um, that's fantastic. Um, CRM that tells me who's viewing our content, where they're viewing our content, and I even do a lot of IP data, address data marketing. So now, who are you using for that? I use HubSpot. Okay, so they tell you, they, they monitor all of that. So, and agents use that as well. So they could use that feature. Go ahead, keep going. Yeah, so like for example, last month I had 2,100 blog reads, reads on our website, but then I could go deeper and know where they came from. So let me take this blog that I wrote that's maybe kind of generic and let me super focus it to where most of the people are coming from that area. Like, hey, my map just changed. Right? My map just changed in Midland, Michigan. What do I do now? Sure. Delivering. But the other thing with the IP data address is when someone goes to my website, depending on where they're coming from across the country, I can use smart content that says, hey, let's just say they visit the elevation certificate page. How can we answer your elevation certificate questions in New York? Because that's where their IP address is coming from. Wow. So the biggest thing that I hear, and I, and I work with agents, or one of the biggest things I hear is that people uh, don't post content on a, a regular basis or don't do a lot of content marketing on Facebook or social media a lot of times because they don't know what to post. They don't, you know, know how to schedule out their posts because they, they don't know what to post. So my thing would be, and I like what you said there, uh, and I think you said you quoted that back to Ryan Hanley of, um, if they're asking you questions, turn that into your content, correct? Him and Marcus shared, and they're both actually good friends. Marcus wrote a book on it, and Marcus basically took a pool company that was about to go out of business and built it into a marketing company when he discovered that when he first got into content back in 2009. Now he runs one of the biggest inbound marketing companies in the world. So it's one of those things that goes back to, if you're an insurance agent and you're listening to this and you're looking for content to post and you don't know what to post, you know, you need to be listening to your clients better, find out what they're wanting to know. And again, it doesn't have to be some flashy 10 minute video with the perfect graphics and whatnot. What you're saying is you can just turn that into you know, some sort of video or content or even a blog post or whatever, just saying, here's the answers to these questions. Tell me again. All my videos are usually two minutes or less because after that, you're going to lose people. And so right. recording phone calls with your team, go back and listen to those phone calls, see the kind of questions your service team is taking, you know, or have them try to write those questions down and maybe send them to you once a week. So, hey, you know, these are the most common questions we've gotten this week. Yeah, so obviously... You believe in, and you're working on this a video a day or a post a day or two or three a day, but you wouldn't necessarily suggest that for everybody. Uh, so, you know, your perspective or your ideas on that, um, 
what would you say the, I mean, you think two or three times a week or you think they should go your route of every day or what? What do you think there? Cause that's, that's a tiresome deal. Whatever day. I think that they should pick the phone up and start recording and start with one video a week and move from there. Because what happens is people get uh, paralyzed by implementation. So they just get overwhelmed and nothing ever gets implemented. So everyone's like, where do I start? I was like, well, pick your phone up and start recording. Like today, before I had to hit a terrible traffic jam, I was headed to an apartment complex to shoot a video in front of an apartment complex, talking to apartment owners about the impact of flood zone changes on their bottom line. So, and that was just, you know, a simple two minute video with live people. Did you, do you do Facebook live often? Or is that a video you'll come back and edit and do stuff with? I edit all my stuff every day and I post it every day on my own. I don't schedule anything like a week out unless I'm going to be out of town or something. And um, so I'll try to schedule a little bit uh, with right. YouTube, but like LinkedIn doesn't let you schedule. But also the reason I don't like the schedule is because something more urgent could come up. And then maybe that content is more important during that day, like the dam burst in Midland, Michigan. I shot like a week's worth of flood content for Midland, Michigan that needed to be out more important than the other stuff did. And you, you directed that straight at Midland, Michigan? And the response on that? How to fill out their flood loss forms, when they need to be in and everything. And so your response from that was probably way more than just the reach of Midland, Michigan, though. It is, but like for last year during Nebraska and Oklahoma, we did the same thing. We walked people through how to apply for disaster assistance, how to get a small business loan. We're not getting anything off of it, but we got more traction off of that than we have any other videos. And the whole point everybody said was, look, you're putting information out there that helps us, whether it helps you or not, and no one else is willing to do that. Uh, okay, so... You've also mentioned several several names. You've done some name dropping, which I enjoy doing as well. You've brought up uh, Nick and Ryan and some of those people. Um, and I know they're involved in IOA. I know you're very involved in that. What kind of impact is that kind of relationships with IOA or oh, if you're involved in insurance soup or local associations, PIA, Big I, you know, what kind of association with those? What's that done for you? Uh, what does that mean to you? Well, the IOA's meant the world to me because I actually just got member of the year uh, this year. Congratulations. That's awesome. Which was funny because we actually missed accepting the award because I was outside shooting a video. <laughs> uh, that's perfect. So you were doing what you got the award for. People moving in the niches and maybe walking down that journey with them because what happens is the road I'm going down, not many people have been down. And that can be frustrating when you don't, you don't know what to do or you fall on your face. And so that group's been really good at helping me with that. There's a guy named Jason Cass that runs a uh, podcast called Agency Intelligence. He's also an independent. Uh, he's helped me a ton on this journey because sometimes you get frustrated. And you're like, well, maybe I'm going to go back to doing this. And then all of a sudden you hear Jason do a podcast about going after the well or staying focused on all these things. And so he's become a huge supporter and he's really helped me a lot during uh, this journey with his podcast, just the guests he have and just his resources. They really stand on that platform of you should start your own podcast and you really should do that. And make yourself the expert in this niche or that, or that niche and uh, really kind of push agents towards that. What say you on that? Well, my goal is that a, a flood question never goes unanswered. So I want people to feel like I'm almost reading their minds. And so I'm able to do that through the podcast, the blog, the video. They're like, man, there's, there's some kind of content out there for every question I have, which is the whole goal at the end of the day. Because I don't have someone standing in front of me saying, hey, I just lost everything because I didn't know the answer to this question. Right. And so I know you said you started off the flood insurance guru as a, a joke, so to speak. But you've really taken on that persona and you've become the guru. And you would say a lot of that is due to the podcast and due to the videos, correct? 
would. And like, I, I bought this poop hat for like $10 at Six Flags, probably a year and a half ago. And I started wearing it a lot of my videos and it took off. I even had it, I did an interview with, uh, I did an interview with Insurance Journal and I had that hat on. But what happened is that hat, just like our website was a conversation started that, hey, crap happens, you know, but you got to be prepared. You know, I'm not in a high risk flood zone, but my house flooded. Why? Crap happens. And so it was really more of a conversation started. And everyone's always like, hey, can you wear this hat? That's hilarious. So again, I where when I'm shooting some of my videos, if I'm shooting in the rain. Yeah. Yeah. You started off this podcast wearing that hat. It obviously started off the conversation with me and you before I hit record. And I thought it was great. Um, and so, and that's, that's your game. I mean, that's your, your whole thing is crap. I mean, flood, you know, that's one of those things. And I think that's fantastic to have that, that niche. And I, I would like other people, again, I'll stand on the same boat, soapbox as some of those I talked about a minute ago. If you've got a niche that you're working in agents, uh, whether it's hospitality, restaurants, contractors, where you're trying to reach a certain demographic in home and auto, start a podcast. Um, you know, do what Chris has done and become that expert in that. Uh, and I think Chris would probably agree with that. I will, but I will tell you this. One of my good friends, Michael Overstreet, has probably done a better job than anybody. Uh, he runs, I think, Safe Street Insurance out in Arizona. But he's doing something that has nothing to do with insurance that's capturing an audience. He started a gardening channel. Man, this man can garden like nobody. His yard looks like the jungle. He's got a different fruit every day of the week. And so he's teaching people how to plant and how to grow and all this. But what he's doing is it's nothing insurance related. It's just like one of my cooking channels I have that's called Griddle This and Griddle That, where I'm teaching people with a griddle because I'm learning because I bought a griddle or with the flood stuff. As I travel the country, I'm eating all these local restaurants now and I call it Fat Chris Taste America. That's funny. These videos of these local restaurants, you know, where we went, what we had and all this stuff. And it's not insurance related, but it'll probably pull in some kind of restaurant for us. Maybe we could take a look at some flood stuff for them. But the whole point is giving something to your audience has nothing to do with insurance because we all know insurance can be boring. You got to find a way to get them to your door. Yeah, and I think that's fantastic. That's a great idea. Um, so, uh, yeah, you guys out there that are involved in, in other things, uh, whether it's, like you said, gardening or, or building or any hobby that you've got out there, use the podcast and the video if you're struggling for content, post something about that. And I said on my very first podcast that I ever did, uh, name drop with Sydney Rowe, was uh, I mentioned on there, and I think it's true for a lot of you listening, I can post a video that I think is the greatest content ever uh, on an insurance-related subject and get you know a handful of views. I can post a video of my kid doing something stupid or tripping and falling, hurting herself, and I get you know hundreds of views. It's just funny how that works. It doesn't have to necessarily be insurance-related content to get the views that you're looking for. So on the PNC side, several years ago when I started doing video, I used my daughter's big stuffed dog to do a liability video that just kind of took off on YouTube. But that's what people want to see is they, they want to, yeah, you want to discuss insurance, but you want it to be entertaining. And so I tell people, I have a combination of three things. My goal is to look like an idiot, be professional, and provide good content. And I try to bounce between those three areas. And I think most people would say we've done a pretty good job with that, with the poop pad. Or I have one where I drank spoiled milk in a video and I spit it out, you know, talking about the change in flood insurance premiums for a certain area. I mean, it just depends, you know, on what I'm doing. Right. So just get those creative juices flowing and start posting. And that's where Nick's course has really helped me is understand the psychology part. You know, it's more about this understanding your buyer. Also, answerthepublic.com. If you're struggling for content, Go there and look in, you know, home insurance, whatever it is. 
restaurant insurance. It's going to tell you the questions that people are asking Google. I'm writing that down. And guys, I'm going to give you a second to write that down as well. Answerthepublic.com. That's a good resource, Chris. Uh, I appreciate that. So before, you know, uh, before we shut down, I, I want to ask you or give you the floor for a few minutes as I do most of my guests. Is there any last minute or any soapbox, anything that you would like to share? I'll give you the floor for a little bit as long as you want. Uh, anything that you would like to tell any last minute things that I'm rambling for a minute to give you time to think in your head about it. But if there's anything that you would like to say to the audience before we, uh, before we sign off here in a minute, uh, any other soapbox you want to jump on, any advice, anything like that you're interested in talking about? I'll talk about flood zones first. First, remember, everyone's in a flood zone. We hear from agents so many times that send their customer away because you're not in the flood zone. You don't need flood insurance. And they create an ENO issue. Everybody's in a flood zone, whether it be low risk, moderate risk, high risk. So don't ever tell anybody they're not in the flood zone. When it comes to content creation, as I said, just pick up the camera and start recording. Everyone's like, well, I'm so worried I'm going to screw up. And I was like, you know, I'm not a big fan of scripts. I want people to see me screw up because I want people to know that I'm real. Um, the same thing with my content too. You'll notice as I travel the country, what's important to me is not shooting in front of a green screen. I like shooting in front of landmarks in different cities where people feel like, you know what? I can trust this person because he's answering my questions and he's standing in my neighborhood while doing it. That's really good. Um, that's really good. And I, and I appreciate that. And, you know, it's funny, you know, Ryan Hanley, speaking of him, oh, we got him on here. I'm about to make him listen to this one because we've brought him up so many times. But he talks about um, when he goes back and looks at his early content and how, you know, grainy the video was or how, you know, shoddy this was or, the, you know, the video shift may not have been the best. But it's still got looks. It's still got the job done. And even looking back, he's like, you know, I thought at the time that that was really good. Now I know it wasn't, but it still got the job done. So it doesn't have to be a perfect video. It doesn't have to be a, a perfect anything, right? So Hanley was actually the original person that did 100 videos in 100 days. Really? I didn't know that. 10 years ago. 10? 10 years ago. It took somebody 10 years to beat him. <laughs> well, now you, you set the bar pretty high at 1,000. And you've already got 575. Do you know if there's a Guinness Book of World Records on that? Uh, I don't. I should probably think about it. But I heard somebody that had done it for three or four years. Yeah. So uh, I've got a buddy um, that runs uh, Florida Risk Advisors. And he also runs a course called Killing Commercial. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. David Carruthers. He's doing the David same. David Carruthers, yeah. So funny story. Me and David actually worked five, minutes, five miles apart for the same grocery chain about 10 years ago, but never met each other until January. Oh, Wow. That's wild. Yeah, he's definitely killing commercial. He's doing a great job. Book right now. Say that again? I'm reading his book called The Extra Two Minutes right now. So tell me, what is that book, you know, what, what's in there that's catching you right now? Well, the big thing is, I said, you know, taking the time to do the things that others aren't. You know, like he says, hey, the client's already given you the confidence to let you know that you belong in this meeting by taking the meeting. You know, but doing some of these small things, like he talks about his history of sales, of selling things door to door as a kid. And what he figured out was what his audience was, that he had a good product for them and things like that. But taking that extra time and understanding the data and things like that. And so I've just started the book today, actually. And so it's supposed to be a really good book on that. The whole thing focuses on, hey, just spend an extra two minutes doing this, and it's going to go so much further. Because a lot of agents don't do that. They won't take that time to spend that extra two minutes. That's, that's good advice from him. So um, one more time. Consistency. Yes, consistency. Very, and, and that's what it is with your thousand videos a day. If people don't know who you are, don't know you're the flood guru, they will by now. Yeah, and I, and I tell people, I call it building a million-dollar brand with a $100 budget because we haven't spent a lot of money to do it. We just spent a lot of time. Sure. And I imagine 
as you may or may not have thought about by now, but if you're two or three years in to this flood guru, you look 10 years from now, what it could be. Have you thought that far out? Have you let yourself dream a little bit on this whole flood guru thing? I have. And that's where Cass, you know, he kind of, and I don't want to say he stays on me, but he helps keep me focused on the bigger part of going after those bigger commercial clients, helping those commercial agents capture that well that they want, letting us help them on the flood side. And so, you know, that's kind of the long term. You know, whether it be someone who's got a $50,000 house or someone who's got a $5 million building, we want to be able to find a way to help everybody. There you go. Uh, and, I, and I think, you know, if you can allow yourself to dream a little bit, uh, it's funny. I worked for a guy uh, as an agent, and he did a personality test on me. And the thing that came back said, uh, don't allow Heath to daydream. Don't allow him to do that because he'll spend so much time doing that that he won't focus on the day-to-day. But I do think it's important for agents, for yourself, even for me, to allow yourself to do that and to have those goals and to look big picture down the road. So it's good that you have an accountability partner helping you in that. Man, I've, I've been deep in automation for the last four years. So the unique experiences we've built out for all these agents now when they submit leads to us, you know, I'm able to do for automation. I'm able to make them really personal because like I tell people, look, I've used every system out there and I've wasted more time than anybody. But through all that, I've gotten a good understanding of process. And if you have the right process in place, Many times it doesn't matter who you put in there as long as they're willing to do the work. If they follow the process, then things are always going to be better. But you always got to be studying your process to make sure you have the right process. You have to put that ego aside as maybe an agency owner and say, hey, when your team comes to you with feedback, be willing to accept positive and negative, not just because your name's on the door. Yeah, I, I couldn't agree more. I could not agree more. Uh, and again, you know, um, I could probably go on forever with this. And I appreciate you coming on with me. And we'll have to do it again. And I'm going to have to have you come out to Arkansas and do a course, uh, maybe do some CE or hang out with us a little bit. Uh, we can talk about that off air. Um, last thing I'll have you do is tell me or tell the audience here how they can get a hold of you, where they can find you, where if they want to watch these thousand videos, um, what, what can they, how can they do that? They can check out our Facebook page, Flood Insurance Guru, our YouTube channel, Flood Insurance Guru, our Facebook, I mean, our website, floodinsuranceguru.com. You can also find me on LinkedIn. If you want to give me a call on my cell phone, you can, which is 205-440-7910. I'd say on Facebook, but they keep maxing me out at 5,000. So, but you can still send me a message and it, it should sneak in there where I see it. Um, but I'm always revolving around my friends trying to keep it below 5,000 so I can keep adding people. Oh, that's funny. So um, do you have a Facebook business page? I do. It's Flood Insurance Guru. Okay, so they can always message you there too. Um, it comes to, I actually built the automation where it comes directly in the HubSpot and we can respond to it immediately. Oh, sweet. Okay. Um, so again, thank you very much for your time. Thank you for coming on. And uh, hopefully uh, we can meet up again sometime soon and we can do this again. Uh, again, I appreciate you. Hey, thanks guys for listening to my conversation with Mr. Chris Green, the flood insurance guru. I really think he did a great job and I think that he brought lots of value to insurance town so that now when you have a question about flood, you have a friend you can pick up the phone and call and he left you his content. Uh, he left you his information. Please reach out to him if you have any questions. Um, this week, as well as every week, my show is recorded, edited, and produced by Ready, Set, Podcast. If you've got a great idea, uh, for a podcast, you don't have any more excuses. You can reach out to my friend Ryan over there and he will take care of everything for you. Uh, that's readysetpodcast.xyz 
or you can reach out to them on Facebook or Instagram. Ready, Set Podcast, turning your brilliant idea into a reality. Thanks again, guys. Hope to see you again next week.